Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Corey Willis with PVI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Cass from Diesel Doctor of Tennessee, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today. We're doing a two-part series this week. The first one is about what I think everyone's been talking about, which is what just happened with diesel performance. What can we do to our trucks? Can we tune them? What about racing? What about hard parts? All these different things. And earlier this year, we sat down with Corey Willis from PPI, and we'd heard you know some rumors or rumblings about some major changes that were coming up, and he told us what they were going to be, and now that's come to fruition. And we know that uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that may know what's going on. Some don't. There's just there's just so much confusion out there. So this first part is going to be kind of the foundation for what we're going to be talking about later this week. Um, we're going to sit down with Corey Willis again, and we're going to ask him questions of what just happened. What's the future look like? Is everything hopeless? I mean, what is what does racing look like? What what can we do to our truck? So for this one, it's going to provide the, the basis, uh, kind of the background for what changes just took place. And we want to encourage you guys, wherever you see this podcast posted, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, even on iTunes, if you go on iTunes, leave us a review, a comment, let us know what you want us to ask Corey Willis on this next episode, no matter what it may be, if it pertains to your truck, diesel performance in general, um, the diesel performance industry, business, anything like that, let us know, we'll work them into the podcast later this week. All right, let's get to the podcast, talking with Corey about major changes that we're going to be coming up with the diesel aftermarket. I posted up a picture on sometime last week of the 2019 3500 Ram. Yeah, like, I got tuning for that. And I'm like, how do you get? How do you? How do you do that? Like, how do you? Fairy <laughs> dust. So <laughs> <laughs> fairy dust. Like, you can't even get one yet. How do you... mm-hmm. No, we're ready. I mean, um, I got a couple of buddies of mine. Some of the Speedway Motors crew, and then one of my buddies at uh, uh, Jordan Berza. He's he's always got like one of the first Rams, and then everybody knows like Raj, all the SEMA stuff, and they're like, oh, we got trucks, we got trucks, just bring them to me. Let's party. <laughs> yeah, they're they're uh, it's, the tuning and stuff all really mapped out, all the same. Like I'd like to expect that pretty much all of the tuning companies and editing companies will probably have it pretty quick because the definitions like of the files all look basically the same as previously. Like the mapping and calibrations within them are different, but the actual like layout of it. It's still the same, so uh, CM2450, I believe is what it is. Okay. So, yeah, running, uh, but like, looking at the tune file, it's solenoid injectors and a very high-pressure fuel system, so it looks like it's ready to party. Just hearing about that truck and, like, man, the transmission stuff mm-hmm. is, well, it's not just the transmission, but it's the engine, the turbo, and everything, yeah. but the options that you have, especially that ASIN, which I think is what probably the hardcore enthusiast yeah and you're gonna go towards that one yeah and, but i guess they've done things as the 68 too that yeah and different. the 68s are doing pretty dang good now i mean we had this we have this conversation a few years back and say like, oh yeah yeah, yeah junk <laughs> <laughs> but with good tuning and stuff and good products they got out now a lot of people got just the valve body and converter kits and they're rocking out pretty good um it did look like in the 
in the mapping that they're gonna only offer that thousand torque option though in the in the Azen. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. So, because I open up like some of the '68 files and the 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 G56 or whatever, and it's like, all right, they're they got these detuned. So I, I guess they know that the '68 is not the best either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, man, why can't we just do one transmission? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you, get, you get a Duramax, you get an yeah. Allison, you get a 6R140. But I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. No, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really nice whenever I turn that thing up as far as I can on the dyno. It goes, makes power, it blows up. Uh, what do you think about the 10-speed the Allison? I mean, if it's anything like the 10-speeds, you know, in, in other platforms, it's going to rock out. It's going to do some quick skip shifts and all that good stuff. So, I mean... Pinch was there. I don't know. Let's blow one up. You want to find out? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we can turn this sucker up. <laughs> Let that thing party rock. I think it's it's interesting to see, though, them go to more years, which I think is probably because of the fuel economy. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. They're trying to make a balance of all that. But, you know, the the 10-speed Allison is actually a, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think it's actually an Allison. Ding ding ding! <laughs> I'm not, I could be wrong, but I actually think that it's uh, something that they kind of developed and then are using kind of like Allison branding or something like that. Like something's different, kind of like they, you know, like they're using the T eighty seven for Allison controllers, but it's actually GM's, oh, you know, okay. GM's part and everything. I think they're doing something similar to the ten speed. You no, know, it's live, so I'm sure a thousand people in there is like this guy's an idiot it's just what i heard they're not out yet i don't know <laughs> slap me later we'll find out well that's the the development part of it is you get it you, you know you're gonna put it mm-hmm. through its paces maybe break it and then that's when the definitely transmission break it yeah. definitely break it <laughs> that's when the transmission guys get their hands on it yeah yeah here you go guys fix this thing you haven't seen before i broke it in like three days <laughs> So what's, what's new at PPI since we chatted last, which wasn't that long ago, but no. things moved so quick. Yeah, things move fast. I don't know. You know, we got that, uh, the new RAM stuff that's going to be coming out, uh, 6.4 stuff. We've get, been getting blown up on that. I've had it for a long time. I freaking tuned 6.4s all the way back to like ugh, 2012, 2013 or so. But then whenever we lost our platform to be able to tune it on, then it was like, well, I guess we just hold off on this. So EasyLink actually just reintroduced it back. So okay. um, uh, I've seen a couple of tuners release their tuning like today and stuff like that. But being that I've been out of town and all that, I want to give my techs and stuff a little rundown of everything. Um, we'll probably release it. Uh, I'm, I'm shooting for hopefully like Friday. Chad's going to be on here and be like, our dealers don't all the way know yet. Stop. <laughs> but don't worry. We're not releasing it yet. We're going to send out information. But it's going to be uh, hopefully uh, I'm shooting for Friday if we can. But if not, for sure next week. Uh, we finished up and got OBD eco diesel flashing done, so you don't have to send in the ECUs anymore. That was a pretty oh, big one, and uh, that works for Jeep as well. But the only thing with that was, you know, um, we tested it; it worked on the bench, everything did well. But in the truck, uh, Mike Free—I don't know if you remember Mike Free. Mike Free's kind of OG, been in the game forever. But I he heard t- the name, yeah. Yeah, he took and uh, he was like, "Man, I, I can't get mine to work. Can't get it to read this and that." So. I'm like trying to do a couple of troubleshooting and then boom, a read file pops up and I'm like, how'd you get that? He's like, oh, I left it running and read the file out <laughs> and it worked. Yeah. So I like went out to mine, tried it. It worked. So it's kind of a weird part of the process. What actually happens is the ignition shuts off. Oh, so you know how they're push button? Yeah. So it's like, it's like GM has the same thing, but you can hold it down. It goes into programming mode where on the, the Chrysler, 
it doesn't. Like it just, you press it and it'll stay live for like 20 minutes or so and then it dies and your flash shuts off and life sucks. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, but it writes within like 15 minutes. So the writing's fine. It's just the reading. And uh, I think we got that dialed in. They were going to release it last Wednesday whenever I was leaving, but I guess they're smarter and was like, yeah, we better not do this one. Corey's not here. So <laughs> I took in, uh, maybe, maybe tomorrow that'll be, that'll be hitting. We'll see as soon as I get back. But that's that's two things just off the top of my head. Uh, LVZ LMM for Duramax. I got all that done for Easy Link, and uh, that'll be going up on the cloud next week too. Oh, cool! So that's kind of cool, you know, making it all in one platform. So we'll see. Uh, ramping up our emissions compliance stuff even more as well. So trying to play with a little bit of different options on emissions compliance, so we can make big power without hurting emissions and output. That's what I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Is what is emissions compliant? What exactly does that mean? So a lot of people have a, so the, the, oh, the EPA, <laughs> but the way that that works is that it's like this. So the EPA looks at it and they say, okay, um, if this vehicle come with a stamp of compliance, then you can't, you can't modify it without having, you know, a form of basically self-certification or an EO number, right? So a state that uses CARB, um, that they they have to have EO numbers to be able to sell within that state. So, but a state that's just, you know, basically not under CARB, like Louisiana, for example, you can do federal testing and be fine. Uh, you just have to do all yourself, basically all the self-tests. There's a set of guidelines you got to go through and you can do that. The equipment's a little bit pricey, but so that's what we had done, you know, a few years ago in preparation for all this EPA madness. And, uh, but we also went to the University of Houston and re-verified all of our testing we did in-house, which was like right there, less than 1% margin of difference. Wow. So that's part of why we're building the facility right now too at PPI. We're building a full-blown emissions test facility that is legitimate, equivalent to what the University of Houston has. So we'll be able to do uh, testing and things of that nature. And if all goes as planned, you know, we'll actually be able to even test how to do it all. So there's some processes kind of similar but they're pricey. They don't really understand, like, if you fail, what needs to happen to yeah. actually be able to pass. And for us, we understand emissions pretty well enough now, dealing with it for years on, you know, a test stand, that I know how to make knocks go up. I may know how to make it go down. Know how to, you know, move move the numbers around to where you get them compliant. So um, that's, some, that's some things that we're really working on right now is dialing in a simple process so the industry can use it for street use. Right, so race use is kind of a whole different ball game. Yeah. But street use is is definitely something that has to be concentrated on. To specifically answer your question, though, whenever emissions intact versus emissions uh, compliant, it's like two totally different ball games. So emissions intact tuning can still be way out of range. That's what I. That's that was 100%, the thing yeah. that grabbed my attention was you can have a product and you have all the emission systems on it. Mm-hmm. But it might be producing more than oh, it's yeah. allowed by yeah. the standard. And- totally, totally. And, um, you know, w- with that said, that's what really sucks right now is that there's really no <clears throat> clear, simple, and cost-efficient solution for yeah. tuners and, and hard parts companies to be able to get compliant, you know, to where it would satisfy the EPA, right? So that's the big thing right now is it's like, okay, well, we want to do it. And everybody wants to do it. Like, you know, everybody legitimately wants to do things correct and be compliant. But where's the roadmap? You know, there's, there's, there isn't one. We had to make our own. And then while we're making it, the vehicles are cheating on the dyno. So we have to go back and get a whole different (laughs) vehicle for it to do the same thing. So it's just a whole, it's a whole ball game, but we're working on making a a roadmap for people to legitimately use. And, you know, I think that'll be pretty cool. 
because it sucks that whenever someone really puts a lot of effort into having emissions compliant tuning and they don't know if it's still going to pass EPA standards. And that's what's that's what's rough. And I mean, we're, it, it's not like we just like did it overnight. It's been like a three year ongoing ordeal. But you know, with shops and people getting in trouble left and right, it's it was a it was a good investment. It was expensive, but it was a good investment. You know, now we, we kind of know how to operate that stuff. I think that's been the kind of gathering storm that it's probably been going on for a while. Yeah. You know, it is okay, there's some repercussions to doing some of these things, but yeah. I want to do it right. How do I do it right? There's no roadmap. Right. And but, then everybody's scared to talk about it too because they don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, and yeah. it's legitimate concerns, you know? Yeah. It's legit. This weekend at Meyer, I don't know how many people is like, hey, oh, the EPA <laughs> stuff, you know? It's, and I'm like, you don't have to whisper. We can be loud about it. If we get loud about it, we'll, we'll probably get some resolutions here. Yeah. You know? I think that's really important. And, it is. And why we've touched on it in our other podcast, but to ask you specifically about it is helpful because it's like these products and and things have been out for 10 years totally yeah they know what's out there but it's how do we get to the next step so there is diesel performance you can put something on your truck a little bit more power or make it perform a little different yeah and none of us want to see the aftermarket go away or no and that's that's what you know that's what's basically happening right now is we're going to see we're seeing a you know, talk on big terms, a billion dollar industry going to go down the pipe if we don't get some form of roadmaps, you know, you put bigger, you could take a Prius and put some thick, thick wide tires on it. And it just changed the emissions output legitimately. Yeah. You know, so it's like, how much is to, let's get some guidelines set in play. And that's what we're really trying to do right now, especially with, you know, the the politicians and everything else. I I just signed up to be a tuner, but here we are trying to freaking (laughs) talk to legal. Ah, Come on. (laughs) Let's just tune trucks. If you were to, if you were given a wish to make this all happen, mm-hmm. what else could take place in the diesel industry, right? That could help you get it where you where you want it. Is it other companies? Is it a, a change of mindset? Is it everything? Or what would be the biggest help? Man, it's honestly a little bit of everything, right? So let's discuss a, a freaking uh, elephant in the room. RPM Act's gonna go through, and we can now have race trucks driving on the highway. No. <laughs> that is not what the RPM Act's about. It's not what it's for. You know, it's defend it's to defend our racing industry. So if someone takes and they actually become very arrogant about you this policy, we're gonna see it get reformed like that, you know? People really do need to start trying to make this transition over to emissions compliant type stuff and leave the racing for racing, you know? Because otherwise it leaves us on our end trying to police everybody on what they're doing you know it's like the window tent shop calling all the people that ever got window tents like you put this on a legal vehicle right it's like don't make the window tent company do that just follow the laws like do it do it correctly yeah you know and i think what a lot of people it's just a long going mindset a lot of people are like still working y'all can still hear us we're good perfect the uh the emissions compliant thing it's like it works really well like the new trucks really do good like we've got it now to where we're ripping some good power and we're not seeing early increase in death you know actually seeing decreases in emissions and death consumption so it's like at what point in time is this just a, a problem you know what i mean your 40 dollar sensor failed on it now you're gonna go spend five grand on doing deletes and whatnot it's like you know let's get with the times a little bit here you could have fixed your 40 dollar sensor got an inexpensive tune and voila you know be be four grand less in your life i think that's uh it's something we all want to see, and, and I know that we appreciate what you've done, what PPI's done yeah. for a while now of, okay, 
I think you talked about it on our very first podcast, maybe yeah. the second one. Going on a minute. <laughs> and you're like, let me let me test this. Let me figure out what it's doing. Let me see how far I can push it, or can I make it better through this process yeah. than what the OEM calibration is? And say you can, say you can yeah, do that. Totally. Well, you need to be able to back it up and be able to say, hey, I'm not. This isn't a racetrack, right? Exactly. On the street. This is exactly because, like, right now, the way they want to put it is like, okay, all the manufacturers are responsible for what the end user does and if that be the case there's going to be no aftermarket whatsoever because we can't police what people do you know what i mean people take and you sell a legal advil over the counter you're going to take 30 of them to get a high so it's like at what point in time is advil responsible for that you know put it on the label say don't be an idiot and this is how many you're supposed to take i think diesel performance needs to be treated the same way you know go after the go after the end users i've seen on a uh, kind of a private group a while back where someone's like hey they're gonna take and start going after you know, us instead of end users, like, this is really bad. And it's like, no, it's actually not, you know, like if they start expecting the whole top of the industry to police the bottom, they're going to stop the top and they're not going to have anything, you know, they're going to basically, for lack of a better term, cut the head off the snake. And But the snake's not bad, you know, not all snakes are bad snakes. So it's like, you know, if you cut the one off the top and there's none, well, that sucks, the industry's gone. But then if you, uh, you end up having a, um, a legal way of doing it all where we don't have to police everything then hey it's not a bad deal that's it's so exciting you know at the same time like i know it's it's a huge change and sometimes mm-hmm. it changes hard but the power these new trucks are making oh gosh like, yeah it, you know if you think back you know when you started on lbz's or six seven comments yeah. what you could do even with that better if i was not an lb7 yeah. <laughs> you know uh as like the six fours it was today i was kind of laughing you know it's like We've got this file that made like 290 something to the wheels or whatever, 300 horse file. And it's like, people are like, well, why can you get 300 horsepower 6.4? You know, I get 230 horsepower out of your Duramax. <laughs> Do you realize where that truck started and where it is now? You know, like, huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Vehicles have changed. So, what, um, where are you guys feeling comfortable in the L5P with emissions intact tuning with what, as far as like power and? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Around 550 is about what I've seen to be the the peak before I'm starting to have like emissions problems. So I can push it further, but there's not enough tar- there's not enough charger there to be able to actually get the knocks and everything back down to where I need it to be. So 550 is really pushing it. Like that's really pushing it. Um, there'll be kits and stuff on the market soon though. I think we'll be seeing 650 emission compliant vehicles that don't cost a whole lot of money to do. You know, it's not going to take a six thousand dollar turbo kit to make 650 horse. You know. Maybe just a, a you know turbo under two grand, and be good to go. So I mean, who wouldn't who wouldn't really want that, so to speak? And then you think about the older trucks, like say an LB7. What's yeah. it going to cost to get to six fifty? Yeah, exactly. On this LFIP, exactly. <laughs> two different two different animals, totally. And the the cost per you know or dollar per horsepower mm-hmm. is definitely there on the new trucks, no doubt about it. What about the six seven Fords? I don't want to forget about those. Yeah, so uh, I don't know as much as I'd like to know about like the new new ones coming out. I think uh, twenty twenty, but my understanding is is uh, 
I think a little bit larger injector, and uh, I think it's gonna be running like 34,000 psi or something crazy like that. 34, 36, something, something belligerent. <laughs> <laughs> so what's gonna come of those? I don't know. I don't think they've laid all their cards on the table yet. Are the uh, you talked last time about the the shift on the fly tuning? Yeah. With the six seven Ford. Yeah. And we got a lot of questions about that. People yeah. are asking, how do I do that? Like, what what do I need to buy? How, how does right. that how does that all? Right. While we're doing that, I'll fix this charger. The, uh, the so like, are you talking about like how it's done for the most part, or like the early models of how we're doing it? Yeah, just how how you guys are doing it, how it works with early versus late. The charging again. The uh, so it's like. Right now, boom, back in business. Right now, we, uh, we've we got it to where um, off of the 11 through uh, 11 through 16, we have it to where you can actually just do it on the app. We basically have a CAM-based solution. So you can press up and down your app, or we got a little uh, switch we're going to come out on that just plug straight into the OBD port so you don't have to plug in. But uh, the method otherwise is um, basically... We're using uh, a defuel method, so we can take and actually defuel the truck based on what horsepower we want it to hit. And with doing that, we can control boost, timing, fuel, control everything. You know, we could even, if we wanted to, we could take and, and change the post injections, uh, pilots, everything up all the way to that point that we want in that fuel limiting command. So it's pretty nice. cool. Yeah. So we've got a pretty versatile, versatile range of how we want to how we want to make it happen. So the 6.4's got some tricks that's a little bit different, and it's pretty cool. Like, level 1's high idle, level is going to be, like, stock power, and then we go up from there. So just different platforms. We can do different modes. Pretty cool. 6.4's, uh, I've talked about it before on episodes, but, man, I don't know what it is about those trucks. I don't know if it's the headlights, the fenders. I know they get a bad rap because of the engine and things that can happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, they blow up all the time, but they're cool as hell. <laughs> I love those trucks. Yeah. Like, why do you like a 6.4 boat? Because it's powerful. <laughs> you know? They're, they're really, really cool trucks. But, I mean, the answer to it is legitimately pretty simple. You know, they've got basically, they've got a big fuel pump, and they've got PZO injectors. You know, it's it's like taking a, a, just about like taking an LML with a CP3 conversion. You know, but they come with that from the factory. Maybe Ford was like... These people are making too much power. Let's, <laughs> let's put a hunk of crap CP4 in this thing. Hell, lemon. <laughs> nah. What about your Titan? You blown it up yet, or is it still going no, strong? It's still going. It's like I don't even know how that thing's still going. I've, uh, <laughs> I mean, I've pushed it. I've towed with it. The trans is a little sloppy now. The trans is getting sloppy, but it's still hanging in there. Nice. So, um, <clears throat> I put a big turbo kit on it, and um, and uh, the the kit it. it it's it's a really it's a, the kit itself is nice but it needs a different turbocharger um i think josh from cft has a one that he worked on with stainless on that uh it's it supposedly does really well i looked at his dad logs and it looks like it comes up with air pretty quick but <coughs> you know to make it to be to, to know how much power and torque you're going to make on a truck it basically what we do is pretty simple like anybody can do it Taking, you can go to like Garrett's website, you know, Garrett Garrett Turbos, and you put in your liter of your engine, you know, how many valves, blah, 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 blah. And then it'll tell you for what horsepower you want, how much air it's going to take, how much boost it's going to take. And whenever you look at those numbers, and so say, for example, uh, a Titan, if we're wanting uh, 1650 RPMs, uh, we want to make like 700 foot-pounds of torque, it's roughly going to be 30 pounds a minute of air, right? And it's going to be about 25 pounds of boost or so, just numbers, but it's going to be somewhere around there. And 
that's going to tell us, hey, we're at, at this RPM, it's going to take this much air, you know, assuming you got the fuel, to make this much power and torque. And so when you look at those numbers, you're actually, you can take and spec the charger by, you know, the turbo map. And then you'll know based on the turbo map and then how much air it's going to take to put in the engine at this RPM to make this amount of power. Okay. Then you'll be able to take and actually spec a turbocharger. So that's kind of what we're doing right now as well. We're trying to spec a charger that works within these ranges. You know, now it might not make peak power at 4,000 RPMs and spin 650, but if I can start spinning the tires at, you know, 1,600 RPMs on full boost with no smoke, no nothing, you know, and keep the emissions happy, that's what, that's what we're looking for. Those trucks are, that engine's very interesting. It's, oh yeah. I'd like to see it in some other platforms as well. And it's, it's a man. I mean, it's a beast. <laughs> I'm, I'm anxious to start playing with the chargers on it. If anybody out there is watching or listening and you want to make a, 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 a parallel S200 kit, that's what I would like to do. Like if I had a fab company, you would see a, a PPI <laughs> parallel kit with two S200s hanging off each side of the engine. <laughs> like that's what I want to do. But unfortunately I'm, I'm not a fab guy and I don't have time. So uh, somebody out there wants to do it, you'll probably make a ton of money. <laughs> I'll buy some of it. <laughs> right now. So if you had to look into the crystal ball for the rest of 2019 and predict some stuff, what are you seeing oh, through the spring and summer? And rub the ball. The crystal ball that we use for tuning yeah. to diagnose people's trucks through the thing. <laughs> yeah. By sound. <laughs> yeah, by sound. <laughs> by, by it's broke, can you please fix it? Rub the ball. <laughs> no. Um, what I see happening... Mm. To the industry, like as a whole, like what things, what's what's going on? I'd say industry, I'd say tuning. You know what? Uh, what's this look like? If I rub my crystal ball. My crystal ball says that we're gonna see a lot of changes in the industry happening before long, just because of how hard the EPA and DOJ has been cracking down on people, right? And the approach they're using to actually uh, get people to comply. That's one. I think a second thing we're going to see is I think we're going to see hopefully some politicians step up. We're going to see uh, SEMA start playing hardball pretty good uh, shortly because this is going to be whenever they see some of these high-level distributors going down and the, the policy's changing, then it's going to create a it's going to create you know a, a whole lot of sound. And so with when it comes to the industry, I think we're going to see a lot of tuners starting to move over to emissions compliance. There's going to be people probably trying to beat the system by going out of the country by doing all kinds of crazy things, but you're going to probably see a lot of pop-up overnight tuning companies for people trying to get around the system, which is all the wrong way of doing things. You know, there's a right way to do it. As far as the industry goes, I think in the tuning market, that's how we're going to see it. And then you're going to see others that say, okay, let's start playing around with making emissions compliant horsepower without having such a, you know, high cost, you know, and um, we've got a, we've got a few plans for that. And I'm sure there's other companies probably freaking beating the tar out of us on it right now, but we've got a few plans, and we're going to try to put those into, into action. That's what we've seen happen in gas world. You know, they got super strict, and now you're seeing some high-performance gas stuff coming out that are making power, going fast. So I think our industry won't be far behind following that. That's, that's one of the things that, <clears throat> that I've heard, you know, from people that aren't involved in tuning is they say well it doesn't affect me I don't, I don't do tuning i do this i do that yeah <laughs> they're all interlinked together that's what i've been trying to say for years you know and then i get on and i'll i'll talk about it and some people's like oh it's a sales pitch for you know trying to get people to it's not like when you start seeing some of these really high level companies stop selling the products that's just phase one yeah. you know if we fast forward another two or three years then how how many more phases are there until this thing's totally gone 
So, you know, either we've got to come to some type of compromises of the rule book, kind of like what I was saying, or I'll actually get a rule book to understand it. Yeah. You know, because right now the term like motor vehicles is too broad, right? So the, the way it's it's labeled now and the way it's being interpreted, it seems by the EPA is that like if it's a motor vehicle, that can mean that, um, or a stamp, stamp of compliance, you can't take your six, seven engine, right? And, and rebuild it in any form or fashion because it started off as a compliant and move it over to, you know, like your, your old hot rod, you know, and that, that is a full bone tube chassis because that engine, they can go as far as to say, because that engine started with a stamp of compliance, it's not going it, to, you can't use it ever again. Or they can come back around and say, well, you're using it in a full, that's a full blown race chassis. So the discrepancy is at the, how the EPA is going to interpret that word, interpret that phrase. And that's what's so loose right now, and that's why we don't have a book, and that's why so many people are having a hard time complying, because they don't know the rules. So I think that's another thing in 19 we're going to see is hopefully some type of rule book to narrow this down, because I think there's about to be a lot of noise made. Yeah, because, I mean, just that right there, we're now we're talking about conversions. Yeah. So now we're talking about yeah, converting cars, a race vehicle. Motor mounts. Yeah. And a street vehicle to a race vehicle, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, as of right now, the, the EPA deems that illegal. Like, you can't do it. Now, at SEMA, they're saying, hey, we're not doing that. We've never done that. To, we've never gone after anybody. They're not lying. They haven't. They go after the parts manufacturers. Mm-hmm. So that's the catch. It's like that we're never going to go after your race course. We're just going to make sure you can't get parts mm-hmm. is basically the way it is right now. You know, so with that said, there has to be some type of rule book so everyone can comply. Everybody wants to follow the law. And that's the thing. And that's what's so cool to, to chat with you about this is, you know, we could just talk about parts and everything's great yeah. and everything. It's a lot of the, this stuff that, that doesn't, you know, this stuff doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really generate sales a whole lot. And it's like it scares people more than anything, but there's no one talking about it. There's yeah. no one out there. And, you know, I try to describe it to the best of my abilities and my experience so far. So that's what I'm seeing. That's my little crystal ball. After the last <laughs> one we did, we kind of touched on that and a guy wrote in. And he's like, I love diesel trucks, and I'm passionate about it. I'm going to school. I want to have a career in this, and yeah. I'm scared. No, like, and that's sad. And I'm worried, and that struck a chord with me. And yeah, we were talking about sitting it's, down it's tonight. It's like, you know, we need to talk about this because there is, there isn't, it's not out there as much as it should be. Yeah, it's not. And, and I understand why it's not, because people are being treated like criminals over parts and they don't want to speak up about it because they don't want to be treated like a criminal you know i'm gonna lay in the bushes and no one's gonna see me and it it really works for a lot of people but what's sad is that because there's no rule book no one knows what to do there's people that aren't doing one thing wrong like like haven't ever even touched a dpf and they feel the same way like this guy here he hasn't even started in the game but he's scared to get into Mm -hmm. it like that's that's not how motorsports is supposed to be you know in any form or fashion but that's what's going on right now it's it's unfortunate and we're just in basically in my opinion like stage one you know, how far will this thing go if we don't make noise? So there's going to be going to be a lot of changes, oh, and there's yeah. going to be it's going to be a kind of a sink or swim, yeah, sort of thing. And, totally. But coming out on the other end, I mean, if we look at it in a bigger picture, is if you're a truck guy who doesn't want to make 550 horsepower with a truck where you can go, say, to any state and yeah. drive it, and yeah, you're cool. I with agree. It and, I agree. There's both there's both levels of the world, in my opinion. You know, and they both need to be treated respectfully. And emissions compliance vehicles don't suck anymore. They no. did. Like, it was terrible. Like, to, yeah. totally sucked. That's why this this whole entire, are you going to tune and delete thing started? Because you couldn't hardly do one without the other, you know, back in, like, mm-hmm. fr- friggin' 2008. But things weren't that way anymore. They, they rip. All of our vehicles at the shop are all emissions com- compliant, and 
they freaking they all rip. They run the same calibrations that we send out every day, and I mean, they're they're awesome. It runs great. I've been seeing PPI everywhere. Seeing that you guys were at the ATS Gauntlet, you probably got a whole bunch of things you guys are doing. So you're getting yeah, out trying there. to be out there, and you know, uh, we 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 got. Uh, a bad to the bone fellow on board, Fabian from Toxic. You might know to Fabian, a lot of people know Fabian, but he's gonna start trying to do more of uh, you know the promotional stuff. We're out there at events, and then also do like a docu type series to see, to to show everybody kind of the steps we go through for tuning, and we're going you know through for the whole industry. And I think that's gonna be pretty cool. But yeah, we've been trying to trying to get it out there. You know, as long as we can have a voice, we're gonna try to use it. That's and that's what's cool is that you know I, I'd stop by at ATS and it's all the companies and then you guys were there and everything yeah. and it's it's awesome to be able to see the trucks and the people and and then just be able to talk yeah. and say oh this, this is what you guys are working on this is what's coming up and as a truck enthusiast that's what's yeah fun. it's it's fun that's what I had a blast with the Meyer was like people were like asking us tons of questions about things coming out and how we do things and. You know, I'm pretty much an open book. Here's here's how we roll. <laughs> this is what we got. <laughs> We're gonna have to sit down after the uh, the the changes this year and yeah, it's and gonna be super interesting. I think you know. I mean, just this past week, you know, we've seen a press release from Rudy's uh, stating no more emissions parts after the 31st of this month. We've seen a uh, uh, Premier had just sent out a deal last week. You know, so it's like. It's starting to become a, you know, a deal. And then uh, Thunder had done the same thing. I mean, that's three huge players. So it's like something has to happen pretty quick to find out what is the racing market and what is the street market. And then they have to be treated respectfully in each manner for us to be able to have a, a, a motor, you know, this, this sport in the future. It's, it's pretty important. And, you know, it sucks to see these companies taking and basically saying, now ah, we, we're not going to sell any competition racing products. But it's because we have no roadmaps to know really what what's is what. It? What is it? You know what I mean? So it's like, at, at what point in time does, does, you know, if this happened to everybody, who are you going to get your race products from? You know, so it's a it's an issue. It's a legit issue. You know, this isn't about delete products. This is about racing. You know, this is about competition. Not some off-road, you know, vehicle that goes off-road. Once it, like, legitimate racing vehicles. Trying to push vehicles in, like it used to be really fun back in the day. Trying to push stock trucks into the 11s, you know? Convert that thing into a race truck. See what it does. That's that's being threatened right now. It's a problem. I had read something you you posted. I think it was on Instagram. Yeah. About just that is, you know, we love racing and it's it's the competition and we've been around it and seen it. Yeah. And something needs to be done. And I think fighting it individually doesn't necessarily work. It it's gonna it's gotta take. be loud, man. It's gotta be. We gotta get some uh, political help from the top. That's for sure. You know, and uh, but I think that's even going the right direction. So we'll see, we'll see, nice. see what happens. Yeah, that's where the whole emissions compliant things at right now for everybody. You know, and um, we worked really hard because we kind of seen this happening. You know, but we didn't we didn't necessarily forfeit our racing side either because we believe in racing as well. So you know, we're kind of dealing with that at the moment. That's an argument, but or currently I want it whenever this day did come that people could resell our products in confidence show the books if, if the EPA ever showed up show the book show them what we sold you here's the data that follows them and a shop doesn't have to be scared you know there's no there's no <laughs> weird tape with it yeah so that's the that's why we took the direction we did years ago and that's the confidence whether you know I, I buy your tuning right or a shop is selling your tuning is you get that 
that reassurance that, that what you're either putting on your truck or selling to someone has that. And exactly. Exactly. And it we, does exist, but not so much in the tuning world. It doesn't. It doesn't. And like I said, I, I really think that everyone out there would, would do the same thing we did if there was some type of roadmap. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm coming to find because our phone blows up all the time with, you know, reputable, really awesome hard parts and tuning companies being like, man, how do I do that? It's like, well, here's what I did, but it really sucks. <laughs> like, it shouldn't suck this bad. And they're like, uh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> you know, but we're trying to we're trying to remedy that the best we can as well for everybody. So it would be some form of roadmap. Or we've got one. We can send to anybody that wants to do it, but it's it sucks right now. We're going to get it refined. Well, I know we we all appreciate what you're doing and oh, it's fighting, trying, the, fighting the bigger fights not just about tuning and not just about yeah it's about everybody's jobs you know rather people people you know i think if anybody doesn't like me it's probably because they haven't met me before you know and they have they just developed an opinion but you know for people that do like us don't like us whatever we're fighting for everyone because it's a bigger picture than just you know the tuning industry and then we've got a bunch of people employed in my shop and last thing i want is for people's careers to end so, you know, they didn't get jobs, they got careers, and we treat everybody like family. So, you know, we're going to put up the best fight we possibly can to keep everything rolling and sustained. And so far, we've done a really good job of it. Man, it was cool to meet up with you this evening after your quick Colorado trip. Yeah, I was like last minute, my flights got messed up and canceled. <laughs> I was supposed to be home right now with my dogs. But I was like, hey, let's make the best of this. <laughs> Patrick <laughs> put something together. So then try to do a little bit of a live thing and just see what people do. We're, we'll actually have this set up super legit one day. This is in a hotel room with a casting couch. <laughs> but uh, no, I thought it would be fun and cool and you know, I'm glad we could play. It was a good time. Hell yeah. Nice, man. Cool. Well, sweet. Well, anything else we need to touch on? I think we hit on just about everything. Yeah. There'll be some, um, we're, like I said, we're coming out with all kind of stuff. We're working on a little, um, a couple of little projects that are going to be really neat that I'll hit you back up on soon. Um, some alternatives to tuning and things like that, you know. Oh, so we did the CTS monitor too, where you could switch tunes with your CTS. Oh, nice. Yeah, I worked with PowerTech on that, and those guys were freaking awesome. PowerTech <laughs> rocks. So we, uh, that, that came out, and that's pretty much all they got to do. They don't even have to change their tune, just buy another cable. So that was pretty sweet. That's good guys over there. But, yeah, I think we touched on most everything we could pretty well hit on for now, unless we want to do it for four four hours of nonsense. <laughs> I can do that, too. <laughs> you got to catch an early flight in the morning, though. Yeah, 3.30. I got to be up. No, I got to be – I think I got to be at the airport at, like, I think 3.45 or so. Man. It's not bad. I'll get, like, three or four hours of sleep. We're, we're good. I need eight or I can't fuck. <laughs> I can rock it for a while. Yeah. Well, cool. All right, man. Awesome, man. That's sweet. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure wherever you see this podcast posted, leave a comment, send us a message, and let us know what you'd like us to ask Corey Willis on the next episode, part two of the series, that we're doing about currently what's going on, what's the future look like, what can and can't be done with the trucks, and what is PPI doing to make sure that there is a future in diesel performance? We'll make sure and work those into the next episode. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.